You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. It's a Thursday edition of Huddle Up, the football podcast. By the time this comes out, it's going to be a Friday edition. I don't think I see a way of getting this one wrapped up in time. So the first ever Friday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. Glad to be joined by Garrett Price of the Dynasty Nerds. You can find him on Twitter at Garrett Price, at Dynasty Price. Sorry about that. Hi, Garrett. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. Sorry I stumbled over your Twitter handle there and your name. Hey, I stumble over my own name all the time. The 100th season of the NFL closes February 2nd, 2020. When you write it out, when you say it out loud, it doesn't sound funny. But when you write it out, 02022020, it's kind of funny. I like that number. I, I, that, maybe that's silly. I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't matter at all. But the 02022020, it's just a funny number to me. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's the day that the 100th season of the NFL closes. It was my first season here. It was good to be a part of it too. And Garrett Price, it's funny that you're here on this episode with me, considering that you had such an important part of my first year in the NFL. I guess I'm not in the NFL, but you know what I mean. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, it was cool when, you know, we first started, started talking and chatting and, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember the initial reason you reached out. But then it was like, you know, well, while I'm here, I got I got this article and, um, you know, why don't you check it out? And I uh, checked it out and liked it. And, uh, you know, then you jumped on the nerds and, uh, you know, became a, a writer for Dynasty Nerds. And uh, it, it's kind of all history from there. And uh, it's been cool over over the past, you know, six, eight months or so. Uh, just the opportunity to be able to talk about, you know, football, be able to talk about fantasy football. Uh, how to how to commission leagues and you know even stuff that's outside of football so it's it's been fun it's been a lot of fun and I can't thank you enough for not only the football stuff but you kind of hinted at at the end as a person you help people and I think that that's important people call you dynasty darling and the sweetheart of fantasy football and all these things and I think that's because they realize that you're a legitimate genuine person that cares about other people I don't know how many times I called or texted just because I had like an unruly, unruly league owner in a, in a league that I commissioned. I was like, Hey, wait a minute. Is this normal? Am I crazy right now? I don't know how many times you helped me not grow, not only as a football analyst, if that's what it is, the commentator, but as a person, I really appreciate that. I'm glad you're here. My first, my first year of the NFL, the 100th season, it began with a beer in a cooler in a bush outside of soldier field. It was a skate park, come to find out. I'll tell you about that in a second. My fiance and I had made a decision a couple of years ago that we wanted to go to every stadium in the league. And I regret that I did not go to the Raiders stadium. I've missed it and it's gone forever. That's a bummer, but that's beside the point. A couple of years ago, we made the decision to go to every stadium. Bengals were last year. The Bears were this year. We watched the Bears and the Packers game, the season opener of the 100th season. And I remember walking with... Uh, walking with a cooler full of beer. It was just too heavy because I saw tailgaters. It's so much to the story. I do a bad job at telling stories sometimes. But 
I had this cooler full of beer that was too heavy and too burdensome for me to carry all the way to the tailgate. So we stopped in a park and we drank some beer out of the cooler and then we hid the rest of it in a bush so that we would have an after party plan. That was the start of the 100th season of the NFL for me. And it was fantastic. The game was terribly boring. Packers, Bears, the Bears lost. Did the Bears lose? Yeah, the Bears lost. And it was a really low scoring, boring game. But I don't think I'll ever forget that. And I don't think I'll ever forget that it was the 100th season. Tell me, what was, how did you start the 100th season, Garrett? So for me, I started the 100th season. Uh, I run, uh, you know, outside of fantasy football stuff, I, uh, I run uh, leagues at a, uh, a community center uh, for uh, inner city youth. And uh, it was, I remember scheduling, because uh, we normally play on Thursdays. And so I remember scheduling the league like, two weeks late, later than we normally would have, just so I could make sure I caught the first Thursday night game of the season. <laughs> and I didn't have to watch it on playback. And I was like, yes, I get the NFL is back. It's finally here. And then that game was not exciting for fantasy purposes whatsoever. I was like, I moved everything back for this. Dang. Oh, yeah. I do kind of remember that. I do remember you saying that. That's the way it goes, though. The first couple of years, we're going to see this more and more as time goes on. The, the NFLPA and the NFL are meeting to go over the CBA again right now, actually. And a big part of that is a 17 or 18, I mean, sorry, an 18 week season. And, and what we're going to see is more and more of these week one and week two games. They're going to become diluted, man. That's just what's going to happen because the, the starters, the all-stars, they're going to be resting. They don't want to, they don't want to do it. And so that's kind of bittersweet. You're right. I do remember that feeling. I remember you posting about that. Um, is there one thing that sticks out to you this year? For me, I guess I got a lot of different things going through my head right now. Marshawn Lynch jumping over the pile in the playoffs. Mason Rudolph getting hit in the head with his own helmet. Andrew Luck retired. Luke Keekley retired. Taysom Hill runs the ball, blocks the ball, catches the ball, throws the touchdown. I can't think of a single moment in 2019 that's my favorite, but can you? I mean, is there anything there? The, the thing that sticks out to me the most as of right now is that it appears that the Patriots dynasty is over. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I will remember from the NFL season in 2019. It really does seem that way. This one is yeah, different. I mean, no, you're totally right. This is different. What is different? I mean, we literally just had on Twitter, Tom Brady posts some sort of cryptic picture of him. Can't tell if he's walking into a stadium or out of a stadium. No, no comment, nothing. So, I mean, there's a decent chance he's not even in a Patriots uniform next year. Yeah. Joe Judge retired. I thought that McDaniels, I really thought McDaniels would go to Cleveland. And then I thought that was the end. And I know that Brady and McDaniels have this like, rep, that there's like this um, conspiracy that they hate each other or don't get along or something like that. I don't know if, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've definitely heard that McDaniels and Brady are butting heads. But part of me thought that if McDaniels was gone, Brady was done too. I, I still don't think that it's all settled with, with Brady. I talked about this before that I think that Kraft wants Brady, Brady wants money. Bill wants to win. I think Tom Brady's finally earned the right to say, hey, you're going to pay me like the franchise quarterback that I am. And Bill Belichick, knowing who we are, is probably not going to do it. This might be the end of it. 
and, and much to their own chagrin, by the way, I think the Patriots tried really hard. When I looked at uh, the wide receiver core and how, you know, we dilapidated that it really was. You have to remember at one point, Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown were on that roster. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to think of that. I mean, they tried. They tried every, they tried everything that they could do to to get the weapons. They knew that they knew the disadvantages. That's what I'm trying to say. You're right. I'm afraid that the dynasty is over and we'll see the things change so fast. David Johnson went from the first running back to the worst running back. AJ Brown, by the way, was left for dead. Price, what happened with AJ Brown? I know that you had to have followed him. You pay more attention to rookies than probably almost anybody else that I follow. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things for me where, uh, you know, I focus mainly on the fantasy aspect of things and, uh, you know, the draft and the rookies and Debbie, that's, that's really my niche, my lane. Um, and uh, pre-draft, I had him as my number one overall receiver for fantasy purposes. He was, he was my guy. I was all in on A.J. Brown. Uh, and I, too, fell, uh, fell captive to the narrative that, oh, he's in Tennessee, he's stuck with Mariota, you know, things are going to work out like we hoped they would. And I dropped him down to my fourth receiver, and even that felt uh, a little too rich. Uh, looking back, uh, I should have, I should have stuck with my guns and, uh, not allowed situation to dictate what is clearly uh, a superior talent. Yeah. I remember a mock, one of my early mocks. I took AJ Brown over David Montgomery in a mock and I got ridiculed for it. That was brutal because it was people that were like way bigger on the scene than me. It was brutal. That was brutal by the way, but that's what it is. That's how it works. Luckily, that one worked out. A.J. Brown got left for dead, though. Isn't that crazy? It, that, things change so quickly. That's the point of this. The Niners went from 4-12 and 12 in 2018 to season-long favorites for the, for the NFC Championship. They, they weren't always favored to go to the Super Bowl, but they were always one of the best two teams in the NFC. It changed that fast. What happened in Cleveland? Because I thought that Cleveland, you're a Cleveland guy, Yep. I thought that Cleveland was Super Bowl bound. I mean, I if DraftKings Sportsbook was available this time last year, I'd be bankrupt betting on the Browns. What happened? You know, it's it's easy to say here's the one thing that happened, uh, but it was a it was a whole conglomerate of things. Um, one, I think it started with unfortunately the hire of Freddie Kitchens. Um, you know it. it on paper at the time, it seemed like, well, Baker likes him and the offense looks good. And yeah, that, that's got to be the right fit, right? Clearly, that wasn't the case. Um, and uh, I, I think he had done a good job of pulling the wool over the eyes of, of ownership and uh, then, then GM uh, John Dorsey uh, and, and making him people think that he was much more intelligent and much more put together and a much bigger leader of men than he actually was. Uh, and he got exposed pretty dang quickly. Um, you know, we our uh, our offensive tackles uh, were were absolute mess because of that. I think Baker, for a majority of the season, never felt comfortable. I don't think he put as much work in in the off season that he was supposed to, uh, because everyone had crowned them. You know, the the at least the uh, AFC North uh, champions already in the preseason, and so I think he thought. We already got Jarvis here. We got, you know, we're bringing in OBJ. 
You got Nick Chubb in the backfield. Oh, we just added Kareem Hunt for fun. You know, I have all these weapons in the world. We're golden. I, you know, I don't need to stress about it. And I think he allowed other guys to step up into that locker room and be leaders. And he, he shrunk back a little bit, lost his swagger. And like I said, without having reliable left tackles, he was running uh, for his life a lot, a lot of extra pressure. And then sometimes uh, a factor that I think is, uh, is not, not put into perspective often is the Browns were also just really unlucky at times. You look at most of Baker Mayfield's picks, uh, you know, at one point in the season, I don't know how it ended up, but at one point in the season, it was roughly 60% of his interceptions were off of his wide receiver's hands. Wow. So the wide receivers had touched the ball first, and then the defense intercepted the ball. So, um, you know, there, it was just a lot of that kind of stuff. And then as soon as the momentum got rolling, the whole Miles Garrett incident happened in Pittsburgh. And, you know, that was our second win in a row uh, that had put us right back uh, either at or near 500. Um, we had all the momentum, and then in that one moment, all of that momentum was stripped away. That win, even though in the scorebook it was a win, it felt a lot more like a loss. And um, the defense was never the same without Miles Garrett either. You know, you take legitimately who is probably the best pass rusher, if not easily top five, uh, in the NFL. You take him away from a defense that was probably just a mediocre defense and you take away the, the best asset there, all of a sudden it's going to be much easier to get exposed. We had four or five weeks there where we literally didn't have any of our starting secondary. So, I mean, we were missing both corners and both safeties. So when you're starting a completely second-string secondary, there's just a lot of things that, that, that went wrong. And, and if it could go wrong, it did go wrong in 2019 for the Cleveland Browns. That's the best way to say it. If it could go wrong, it did go wrong. I agreed with so many of the things that you said. It started going wrong with Freddie Kitchens. I was, I, the problem with Freddie Kitchens is he demanded no respect. He had done nothing. And you're giving him Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. I don't understand. And then you talk about guys. I'm sorry, the, the defensive lineman is skipping my head. The, Rip, Miles Garrett. Sorry. Miles Garrett. I got caught up on Jason Garrett and I knew that wasn't right. So I stuttered over myself. I apologize. And then Jason, the Jason Garrett incident, there have been, there were so many times that Freddie just showed he wasn't capable of disciplining the team. And I don't know how that works there. I'm ignorant to that. I'll never understand that. How do you discipline a full grown man who has rights and like is a grown man? Like, I don't understand that. And I don't think I ever will because I'm not in football. That's my disadvantage. But I know that there's a difference between Freddie Kitchens and Bill Belichick or Ron Rivera recently fired by Carolina. There's a, like, I honestly think Ron Rivera would have been a great fit in, in Cleveland because he at least had respect. The, my issue with Cleveland comes into knowing that when you've got 10 coaches in 20 years, how can any of these superstars respect that? I, I, I'm really sincerely, genuinely worried for the Browns because despite, despite everything else, everything being right, it's always wrong. I don't under, is there a way out Garrett? Am I being like, am I, have I hit the floor? Am I rock bottom right now? <laughs> you know what, man, as a Browns fan, uh, I, I feel that. And then some, you know, 
we uh, we are constantly the the national laughing stock. And for once in in my lifetime, now granted, I was alive. You know, I was born in 1990. I'm 29 years old, so I was alive before the Browns left. But I don't remember that they left when I was five years old. So in my cognizant memory as a Browns fan, we've never had anything to really puff our chest about. This was the first time that we got to walk around with just the, the smallest amount of swagger. And it was only that quickly that I got taken away from us. Week one, we got beat down by oh, the Tennessee Titans. That was brutal. That and, was brutal. And from there on, oh, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. And, uh, you know, from then on, it was, you know, well, here we go again. Same old, same old. Let's, uh, you know, there's always next year type of mentality. Well, yeah, immediately. It, it's, always it's next year. Yeah. Yeah. As a Cubs fan, I know what you're talking about. And as a closet Browns fan, I'll just come out and say it. I have to, I have to be objective, right? I mean, we got a microphone in front of us. I got to be objective. When the Browns suck, I got to say they stink. I got to say that. But that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt me. What a bummer, man. The the Browns, I hope, I hope, I hope that the Browns can turn this around. I really hope that Stefanski can, can instill confidence in the team and that can unify them because it's an incredible roster. Defense, offense, you're right. Miles Garrett's one of the best defensive players. And by the way, I think that he's paid his dues. I think that's over. I think we should all move on from that. Let's let's just move forward and I hope that Miles Garrett never has a fuse broken ever again. Let's hope that never happens, but that's not who he is. That's not the player he's been. He's paid his dues. The Browns should be on the up. Give me a price check on some of these Browns. Kareem Hunt, I think is, I think he's supposed to be on the roster one more year. What's that contract like? Yeah. So he's a restricted free agent right now. So that means the Browns have the opportunity uh, to match, uh, you know, what a, what another team could offer him. Um, and if, if he gets taken away, they get some sort of compensation. So they have to figure out what kind of tender they're going to put on him, whether it's the first, second, or third round, um, all that kind of stuff. So the hard part is um, his value should be going up, but he just had, you know, just like Cleveland, he just got caught with an open bottle of vodka and uh, some weed in his car. So we're kind of still waiting on, you know, what, what exactly that does mean uh, for Kareem Hunt this coming season. So I saw that I saw those charges, the vodka never got brought up in the charges and the marijuana charge was dropped. So he got a speeding ticket. He got lucky then. Well, I know that the league, but it's not over. I mean, that's not the end of it. The, right. the league. Can, and that's the thing. Yeah. 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 That's not done. The league can investigate any kind of personal conduct policy violation that it wants to and well, I, I remember Ezekiel Elliott you know he had you know he never got charged for anything but the NFL still gave him a six game six game suspension six games year. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah yeah I, that concerns me what's your check what's your price point right right now um if I'm looking to acquire him I can't spend more than probably probably an early second at best uh, right now. You know, a first-round pick a few weeks ago, um, I, I still don't know that I would have done it, but it, I get it in the sense of, you know, if one of these teams say, eh, we don't really want to take a gamble on a rookie, we know how talented Kareem Hunt is. 
you know, we'll give up a second round pick or a third round pick to the Cleveland Browns, give them that, and we'll get we'll get Kareem Hunt in, in return. Uh, I could see that happening. I mean, John Dorsey sold Duke Johnson last offseason for a third. If Duke Johnson's worth a third, you would think Kareem Hunt would be at least worth a third, probably more. So I could have seen a team doing that, and if that's the case, he's probably their feature back. So, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago, that would have been my line of thinking, but right now there's just so much risk involved. It's, it's tough to give up a first-round pick or even a high-end second-round pick for a guy with that much risk. What about Odell Beckham? Odell Beckham's been kind of a drama queen with really some really minor stuff. He had some really fancy watches. He wore some cleats that weren't up to speed. He had the visor problem, but like no, no major issues. And then come get me. Was that him or was that Jarvis Landry? I think that was him. Was that, who was that? Yeah, that was, that was, that was Odell. Supposedly. Supposedly. I don't mean to double down on him. I'm not trying to double down on him. And that's not what I'm trying to do at all. Where I, Odell Beckham is an elite talent in the NFL. Can he be healthy in Cleveland? And if not, what kind of situation would you like to see him in? I think he can. Um, it, it, it's tough. I do like Kevin Stefanski quite a bit. Um, but was he, is he the right fit for Cleveland? That I, that I don't know. Um, so I'm very kind of neutral on the situation. I'm giving him, I'm giving him a chance. I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I've also been burned a lot of times and I would have, I would have loved to have seen somebody that carried a little more, um, a little more clout uh, that these guys might have respected more. So we'll see if he can, if he can display that he can put the type of offense that gets these guys excited and they can respect it, then Odell should go back to being a top five wide receiver. Baker, by all means, should have a major bounce back season. All of these things should be what happens, but will it? That, that's remaining to be seen. That's the million dollar questions. I believe, and Corey, the regular co-host, believes that Baker Mayfield can still be a franchise quarterback. The kid was incredible in college, and he, he did a great yep. job his rookie year, too. It just fell apart recently. That's normal. We haven't talked about the sophomore slump with Baker Mayfield, and I think that's unfair. Right. No, nobody said nobody said a word about it. It's just Baker Mayfield sucks and the Browns sucks, and that's what's, what it is. That's not the case. Sometimes sophomore quarterbacks have trouble, right? Yep. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you look at, you look at a lot of these uh, guys that are, that are hall of fame caliber quarterbacks, find, find one of, one of their seasons within their first three years. You're going to find at least one of those that was mediocre at best. And chances are, it's actually looking pretty bad. It's not abnormal to have a year early on in your career where things just don't come together. Right. For people that are writing Baker off, um, you know, I'm, I'm gladly scooping up the shares. For all the quarterbacks that haven't had things go right their first two years, what about Patrick Mahomes? It's Super Bowl. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, dude, dude's a monster. Dude is an absolute monster. And you know what? Him and Andy Reid together, we're a match made in heaven. Um, and that's, that's what you love to see. Uh, out of your franchise quarterback is having a coach that plays to your strengths. Um, and that was, that was really what, what ended up happening there. And, uh, you know, by all accounts too, he, Mahomes is just a great kid, man. I, it, he, they're fun to watch. They're so fun to watch. And it's one of the best offenses that we've seen in the past decade. 
um, you know, for, for two years in a row now. And despite, you know, some of the injuries from Holmes and Tyreek Hill was banged up. They lost Kareem Hunt in the offseason. Um, you know, all of these different things. Watkins not playing up to, to snuff them. Not really finding a running back. It's just kind of this meh committee that they've put together. And yet this still this offense can put up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And that's that's thanks to Patrick Mahomes and the beautiful play calling by Andy Reid. The awareness that he has is incredible. He says he looks over his shoulder before he throws the ball to see if a flag's been thrown. Like every time, like it's like, that's part of my routine is I snap the ball. I, when I'm out of the pocket, I look over my shoulder before I throw the ball. And then he'll switch the ball to his left hand and like flip it around the air. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life is I don't think it's crazy to say that Patrick Mahomes might be one of the best, best quarterbacks in football right now. I mean, he could be one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played football and he's in his second year. Am I insane? Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard? No, not at all. When you look at the numbers that he has put up, when you look at how, you know, NFL teams adjust for these guys and figure guys out, especially in big key games, I haven't seen anyone stop Mahomes yet. I just haven't seen it. And he, he, he seems invincible. All of the physical tools. He really does. You're absolutely right. Will he have a, a, a point in his career where, you know, he stutters a little bit? Sure. But overall, if you're telling me on raw skills, we're not basing it on career resume. We're not based, obviously, he can't even talk about the Brady echelon. He can't talk about the Joe Montana, the Brett Favre. He can't talk about those echelons yet. It's way too soon in his career. But when you look at pure skill set, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone that has a better pure skill set than Patrick Mahomes. Will Patrick Mahomes' skill set win him a Super Bowl? I think so. I think so. I, I am, I, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl, and it's tough. Shanahan has built a great team uh, along, with, uh, along with John Lynch, and I think it'll be a fun game, and that, that 49ers defense is for real. But I think at the end of the day, I do think Patrick Mahomes is just going to be too much, and I, I'm taking I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the Redskins by a touchdown, or not the Redskins, the Chiefs. The you Redskins s- are nowhere near the Super Bowl. Well, I'll take that bet if you want to take the Redskins by a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Price. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, it's been a joy. Chiefs by a touchdown. Thanks again, Price. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.